As Christmas approaches, Christian parents around the country are busy decorating their homes, shopping for that perfect present, and planning the family road trip to visit grandparents. And yet, despite all the busyness of the season, we also want to be intentional with our kids, helping them appreciate and even cherish the true reason for the season. In our interview today, my guest, William Smith, offers parents simple advice for viewing the holiday season as a special opportunity to point our kids' hearts to their Savior. William is a father, a pastor, a former professor, and the author of Parenting with Words of Grace, Building Relationships with Your Children, One Conversation at a Time, from Crossway. Let's get started. Well, Bill, thank you so much for joining us today on the Crossway Podcast. Matt, it's my privilege. Thank you. Uh, So, uh, Bill, maybe before we get going, uh, obviously Christmas is right around the corner, and we're going to be talking about uh, ideas, ways that parents can think about helping their kids to appreciate Christmas uh, for what it really is, the real significance uh, there in this really a glorious season for us as Christians. Uh, but before we get into that, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your own kids and family. Uh, how many kids do you have, and uh, how old are they now, and, and kind of what's your family life look like? Yeah, uh, so my wife and I have just passed our 30th anniversary, which seems unbelievable that mm. she has still stayed with me and continues to <laughs> be gracious and kind. Um, our three kids are, at this point, probably 25 down to 20, just in that range. So we're in that full-on launch stage. Mm. Um, but it's been really amazing to me that they they keep coming back uh, and, okay. and asking questions, um, which, you know, there's absolutely no guarantee of that when you have them and you're raising them. Uh, you realize that a relationship is two ways uh, and that it's not simply what you want, but it's offering to them something that they might actually want as well. Uh, we, mm. Obviously, our kids are normal. We went through a lot of rocky patches with them, um, but just really enjoying this this stage of our lives. Yeah. So I'm a young parent, and my wife and I, we have three young kids. And, you know, it's it's almost a cliche to hear people talk about how the time goes so fast, and you look back and you're like, I can't believe my kids are 20 and 30, and they're out of the house. And, um, and yet, it, it seems like it's true. I can already sense a little bit with my own kids. My oldest is nine that the time uh, starts to fly by. And uh, so I, I guess I wonder, have, have you observed that? And um, yeah, what would you say to your younger self, a younger version of yourself as a parent, now that you've kind of seen those those years go by and, and now your kids are moving out? It, it really is amazing. I It's funny you would say that your, your one is nine, because when our oldest turned nine, I, I hope this doesn't... Um, hurt. <laughs> but, but, but when she turned nine, I thought, oh my goodness, we've had her half as much as we will. Mm, and thought, wow, wow th- this is going so quickly. Uh, and it, it happens one, literally one hour at a time. The hours are so full because you're doing so much in order just to take care of them uh, mm. that, that I think you tend not to notice how quickly the, the, the hours and the days and the years run. Um, what would I say to my younger self? I, I, I think maybe two things as I've reflected uh, back. One is just how important all of the little moments are. Mm. Again, they get lost because you're trying to clean up the milk that got spilled and take care of the cat and you know make sure that someone gets off to soccer practice and wear my cleats and all the rest of that. 
Um, but each of those little moments is an opportunity to build a relationship or to destroy a relationship. And I was not nearly uh, as aware of that as I wish mm. I had been. So that would be the sort of the downside of what I wish. The other side is just how much um, the goodness of living with someone for years and years and years is because there's redemption means that there's always another chance. Uh, even when I've blown it huge and, and made a terrific mess out of uh, connecting with my kids or, or not connecting, the grace of God that I experience is something that I can then rely on to go back to them uh, and, and offer them uh, a chance at, at re redeveloping the relationship. So when your kids were littler, um, were there any Christmas traditions that your family did uh, that you kind of, you and your wife perhaps did? Uh, conceptualized or thought up in a, in specifically to try to help your kids to appreciate, you know, the real quote unquote reason for the season around Christmas. Yeah. And that, that's a good one. And, and I, that's one that I think, um, really the further back you can start that in December, I think the better off you are so that it normalizes what it is that we're looking forward to. Not all, we can enjoy the parties and we can enjoy the, the gifts and those things, but really just continuing to build in a sense of who Christ is and, and why he came, um, our need of him coming and also the glory that he did come. Mm. One of the traditions that we sort of fell into, I, I wish I could say we were intentional, um, but as I've served as a pastor, um, I, the Christmas day was always very packed. Uh, and, and what we started to do was to hold our Christmas Day celebration um, more on Christmas Eve. And what that, hmm. what that did, um, surprisingly, that was also due somewhat to our, our, our grand, the kids' grandparents living further away. And so Christmas was just a, a meet and greet and run and race kind of a day. Yeah, which is, I'm sure, the experience of many people. There's so many, if you have grandparents or maybe two grandparents living in the same town, all of a sudden Christmas Day is just packed full of uh, moving people around from here to there. Yeah, so we would wake up and uh, we would hold our, our gift giving on Christmas Eve. Now, the way that we did that was we would read a passage of scripture and then we would sing a couple hymns. Uh, and that's a tradition that we've continued so that uh, each person in the family brings one thing. Either it's a passage of scripture to read or it's a song that they want to sing. And we share that kind of um, time of worship first. But then we would open gifts and have our special brunch. And then there was actually the afternoon to play with the kids rather than pack them in the car and, you know, run, run away. But it also ended then with us going to the Christmas Eve service. And so what we ended up looking forward to all day long was actually meeting with Christ. And that changed the whole dynamic from let's go to church to get this over with so that we can go to sleep maybe and then have the real thing, the yeah. gifts. And that, that, that made a, um, that's a tradition that I, we've really appreciated. Mm. Well, and that gets to this dynamic that I'm sure all of the parents listening right now have, have thought about and maybe even have wrestled with and feel conflicted about. And it's how are we helping our kids to, to focus on the right things, to not be so obsessed with presents and gifts and and uh, the decorations of Christmas 
and and maybe miss the real significance or just undervalue the real significance. And I want to kind of dig into that a little bit. But one of the things you said a couple minutes ago stuck with me. You mentioned just the, um, I think you, you kind of mentioned the importance of these daily life-on-life conversations, um, the kind of the small conversations, the small moments. Um, and I wonder if you could comment on what do you see is the when it comes to Christmas, what's the the balance between maybe emphasizing, put up a, a lot of thought and care into these more, maybe more formal traditions or uh, formal moments of uh, pointing our kids towards Christ at Christmas uh, compared to just trying to be intentional in the day-to-day and in the everyday conversations around this season. Um, do, do you see those as um, two different things to emphasize, or are they kind of one and the same? How would you talk about that? That's a great question. I think I would say that Christmas is a different part of normal, if I can put it that way. Mm. So the normal is sort of a Deuteronomy, talk with your kids constantly about who the Lord is and about how they fit into his world. Uh, so that you're always tying every aspect of life back to something that some characteristic of him or something that he's given us to do. So you can spend your day with your kids talking about chores and um, homework and playing soccer. Or you can connect what do chores and God have to do with each other? What does playing soccer and God have to do with each other? How does schoolwork engage with who God has made us and the responsibilities he's given to us? And we tried to have those conversations constantly um, to the point when it was fun. We just had a, a family vacation that we've not had for, for a long time uh, since our, our daughter went off to college. And, and finally, all six of us now were together. And we were talking about some of the issues of the day. Uh, and just you know how, how they're really big and, and difficult to wrap your head around. So are you talking about big, controversial kind of political issues or cultural issues? Exactly. Mm. Um, the ones that we didn't talk about when they were in the house because they just weren't on the radar anywhere. Mm. And I, I mentioned to the kids, I said, I, I, honestly, I don't know what we would do. And my one son spoke up. He said, I do. You, you'd have done the exact same thing that you did already. And that is we'd have talked about it a lot. And it wasn't in a negative, oh, dad, you're always talking, but it was a, this is how we lived the Christian mm. life. Mm. What does uh, that mean? Un- unpack, unpack that a little bit for us, because I would imagine there could be a Christian listening, a parent listening right now who, who says, yeah, in theory, I like the idea of trying to connect the day-to-day realities of life as a family um, with these bigger ideas about the gospel and about Jesus and God. But I don't know how to do that. I, I worry that's going to feel awkward or forced or like I'm, I'm G- Jesus juking my kids at every moment. So how, how do you think about actually doing that in practice? Yeah. Um, so, A, yes, it's awkward because we haven't done it. I didn't grow up in a family that did this. Uh, and so it was kind of new. Not kind of. It was mm. new. And so it was clumsy. The vocabulary didn't feel like it fit. I, I felt like I was searching for things. I felt like there were times where I'd start a conversation, end up in a cul-de-sac somewhere. <laughs> and I learned over time, that's okay. Um, what's the book of Proverbs talk about? It talks about how the wise person thinks about what they say and realized, okay, I, I need to put in a lot more time and thought. And when I end up not really knowing where to go, that's not an oppor- that, that's an opportunity not to stop and say, well, this doesn't work, but to... 
who are my friends, who can I talk to, what can I research on the internet, those kinds of things, so that I can come back to my kid kids. Mm. I actually just had something like that. One of our kids called us and said, hey, here's these things that are going on in my life, and hung up the phone when we were done, and I thought, I, I don't know what to say about that. Mm. Um, but then thought about it and came back the other day and said, would you be interested in hearing some of what I've been thinking about? And they said, yeah, sure. Uh, and that was that then produced a different part of that same conversation. Hmm. So that would be one thing that I would say. The second is Jesus makes it really on one level very simple. Everything that we do in some sense has to relate to loving God and loving our neighbor. So in that sense, I know the answer before I start. And if all I can get to is love God or love neighbor, that at least gives my kids a framework for understanding the world from God's perspective. Mm. So I remember one time, uh, it, it was an afternoon, our son was getting ready to go play soccer. Uh, and, and activity, that's sort of his thing. And I said, so what? tell me, I forget now how old he was, seven, eight, nine, somewhere in that range. I said, why are we going to go play soccer today? What, what, what's your, what, what's your goal? And he looks at me like I've lost my mind. And he says to have fun. <laughs> and so I wanted to poke a little bit at him. And I said, if that's the biggest goal we have today, I'm not going. Try again. Uh, and he's used to me. So we stumbled around <laughs> with this for a little while till we got to the place where there's other people out there that I'm actually connecting with. And my job today is not simply to run for the glory of me, but can I help the rest of us actually function well together as a team? And at that point, I think, okay, great. That, that's something of a Christian worldview. Mm. Uh, and that's what I'm looking for. Can I help you realize that this is not a neutral world, but that there is a God who's created it. He's created it for good purposes, that the fall has screwed all that up, but Jesus has come to redeem. If I can keep some of those pieces in my conversation, I think I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Hmm. So, so I think then you were just there describing kind of the normal way that we think about this, but then you made a comment early on that that uh, Christmas, though, is maybe a special season of normal in a, in a certain way around this point. So how would you unpack that a little bit more? Okay, so you just you have different pieces beginning Thanksgiving or earlier um, that draw people's attention. So what are those? They're the festivities, the decorations, the um, entertainment, the parties, and the gifts. Those would be sort of the real quick three. Can you draw connecting lines between why we engage in these things and who our God is in a way that is not forced or, or strange? Um, C.S. Lewis has this great illustration about when you see the sunbeam, trace the sunbeam back to the sun. Hmm. And so can you find the little hints and bits in our current festivities that point beyond themselves and point to a bigger God? So an easy one. Uh, people put lights up around their houses in a lot of the, the country. You think that's a little odd. Why, why do we do that in the middle of winter? Um, it's not a big stretch to point back to the original lights, the star and the other kind of things that announced Christ's birth. And in that sense, you're saying there's something here, even though it's hidden and layered under all kinds of different consumeristic economic kind of things. There's something here um, 
that when we walk up and down the street, we can remember this. There, there is a specialness to this season that's more than just pretty. It is pretty, but it's also the breaking in of a God of light into a dark world. Those kind mm. of things. Or you can come at it from the other direction. Um, there's all that excitement and all the hype about uh, the presence that we're going to get. And you want, to, you want to do this gently because you don't want to be the, um, the crushing, depressive person. <laughs> but you do want to talk to your kids a little bit and say, you really want X. And I hear that. And they're, they're in, in the right world, when X is in its right size, there's a goodness to X. But if we put too much on X and if we allow X to get too big... It just will fall apart. Can you ever remember a time when you set your heart on having the doll, the bike, the ball, whatever, and how you just you, you had to have it and you yearned for it with all your heart and and you made mom and dad nuts and and we just we it was the only thing you talked about. How long did that stay exciting to you? Hmm. And you helped them remember their own history and their own experience of life on this world that there are good things and good gifts from our God that we can enjoy. But if we make them God-sized gifts, try to replace him with them, they don't hold up. And they're suddenly no longer interesting. They're no longer mm. fun. Mm. I know for me as a parent, I've often felt two impulses, I think, when it comes to gifts. And that's obviously such a big topic for Christmas. Um, on the one hand, uh, it is so important to me that my kids appreciate uh, the real significance of Christmas and that they don't be so distracted by uh, these toys that they want, that I'm getting th for them. Because uh, I can see how easily they can be distracted from, from Jesus, this intangible, um, the, the, the gospel, this intangible truth that they can't play with, they can't hold, they can't see right in front of them. Um, and yet, on the other hand, I love giving my kids gifts. I love... I love their anticipation and excitement. I love seeing the joy on their faces and as they play. And, and so as a parent, I think sometimes I can feel a little bit of that tension of I want to hold these two things kind of together, but I don't want to let uh, one totally subsume the other. As I have, have you ever wrestled with that tension? Is that a valid way of thinking about this? And then what's, yeah, what advice do you have for helping, very practically helping parents to kind of navigate that? Yeah, absolutely. I also want my kids to enjoy their lives um, and, and to uh, to anticipate. That's part of the fun, I think. Um, I I hope I don't step on too many toes with this. There, 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 there's sort of the the quick out, which is God gave us Jesus, and so we give each other gifts. And you think ah, that there's a thin analogy there, but I I, I don't it it do, it doesn't fully work for me. Um, <laughs> God gave us Jesus because of our need of a, of, of a renewed relationship with him. And the gifts that I give you do not renew anything in, yeah. in that kind of way. <laughs> um, I find it more helpful um, maybe to go to the place where, where, where we learn scripture that it truly is better to give than to receive. Mm. And, and to, to talk to my kids about why do we give gifts? Because it is better to give than to receive. And I love the joy, the anticipation that you have, the, the fun that this is for you. And what do I want? I, I want to share with you the gift of giving. 
even more than I want you to sh share the package that you're going to unwrap. Mm. So could we also learn that piece during Christmas time? Yeah. And how can you and I work together to think about your siblings, your mother, um, other relatives, friends? And, and I want to put time and energy and resources to helping you be able to experience the joy of giving, not just mm. the, the fun of getting. Hmm. I know one thing that uh, I've often thought about uh, when it comes to presents uh, with our kids is just um, thinking about how Christmas morning often works, uh, how you know, oftentimes we want to read a passage of scripture and we want to sing a hymn as, as you, you and your family do. We want to pray together. But then there's always kind of looming in the background there's of all these presents that we're kind of waiting to get to. And it's, it can be hard for uh, us parents, especially of younger kids, to help our kids stay focused on the things that we, uh, we're trying to help them focus on when there's this powerful force of presence that's kind of in, in the background. So, yeah, you, you mentioned the idea of uh, celebrating some of that stuff the day before, leading up to a Christmas Eve service. Any other advice that you would offer to parents for just very practically helping their young kids you know, assuming they're not going to get rid of all presents altogether, how do we help our young kids kind of keep that in perspective? So, so not getting rid of presents altogether and wrestling with how do we communicate these high-level truths to a three-year-old. Mm, yeah. Uh, so I think in a lot of ways you inculcate that physically. So what does that mean? It means, no, we really are going to read the, the, the Bible story first. And when the kids were small, we had picture Bible story books, uh, something that would be age a little more age appropriate. We did not make a 45-minute worship service <laughs> before presents. Um, we did. So it's okay to be age appropriate. You're saying in you how we do I this. I think you have to be. I mean, hmm. you and I are going to live forever. That means that at our greatly advanced ages, um, we're still infants, and God still condescends hmm. to us. And and so yes, I think we we try to not dumb things down but make them accessible. So I would say that, that but then I would say um, we have had a tradition of one person opens up a gift and the rest of us join in. Uh, and so we're watching rather than just having the, the mad mayhem. The free-for-all. Exactly. Something where we actually get to participate in the giving and in the joy. Um, we, we've, we've always done a brunch afterward uh, and, and so sort of tried to say that the community of our family is really sort of the, the icing um, or the cake, however you want to say it. But that's the thing that we're moving toward. And then we want to make sure that we spend some time actually playing with the kids, not just giving them things, but again, making this a relational activity. Mm. Mm. Uh, you mentioned family, and, and obviously that's such an important thing. Uh, idea, an important concept that is so, uh, we all love Christmas, or many of us love Christmas precisely because of that family dynamic. For others, I'm sure um, the holiday season can bring with it uh, associations of pain and uh, sadness when maybe family isn't what it is supposed to be mm -hmm. for them. Uh, but how do you think about balancing, especially as we talk to our kids, uh, the emphasis on family that's so often present at Christmas with an emphasis on looking outward and wanting to serve others, whether in our church, our, our broader church community, or maybe even just the broader uh, community around where we live, uh, wanting to kind of have that uh, outward foc focus uh, at times at Christmas. H how do you think about that? Yeah, it's good. 
Um, I remember one time my wife took gifts uh, to some of the people in the neighborhood. Or there, we have a Christian neighbor who would uh, take cookies around the neighborhood. Just something small, something that doesn't make anybody feel obligated or weird to receive, but just a, hey, thinking about you and recognizing it's not just all about us. Hmm. One of the things that my family growing up did that um, really did stand out to me, we'd go to Christmas Eve service and then we went to visit uh, this older couple across the street uh, and we would sit with them for half hour, hour, um, mm. which if you're little, that's a long time. <laughs> but it was a way of saying they can't get out, they can't go anywhere, so we will come to them. Uh, mm. And there was obviously interaction throughout the rest of the year, but this was a special way of connecting with them. Just something that says we're not an island. Uh, mm. And that is where I think uh, a New Year's uh, Christmas Eve service really is important, even when the kids aren't necessarily understanding what this is. It's a way of saying, no, this is not an individual thing. This is the community of God's people coming together as well. Mm. It also kind of signals to them, even if they don't, as you said, fully understand, maybe there's, there's something bigger going on here. There's something more than just uh, what we're experiencing under the tree with all those presents. Yeah, and, and you can't really do, again, when you're working with two, three, four, five-year-olds, a lot of their life is physically mediated. Mm. Uh, and so, no, we're going. <laughs> and and yeah. we, will, we will add some words to this. But the primary piece, primary component of this is you will be there and you will experience yeah. the community. And we will give a couple little bit of words of explanation I think that could be really encouraging for some for parents of young kids when they feel like, well, if, if I, I clearly haven't done a good job teaching my kids because they don't really want to go to this service. They're, they they just want to stay home and they kind of feel like, well, I've just failed. I haven't haven't in uh, in cultivated a love for this like I wish I would. But but sometimes um, just getting them there and, and making it that physical priority is is what we're called to do as parents. Yeah, and here's the hard balance, right, Matt? It's, I am called to offer and present to my kids a world that is governed by a good God who um, is is radically willing to do whatever it takes so that they could be with him in, in his presence. I can't make them love that. So I have to create a home environment that points to him, that invites, that draws, uh, but I can't force that heart change in them. Mm. And I think that's the same thing we're doing when we take them to church on Sunday, to uh, these special services. We're saying, here's every reason for you to buy into this. Mm. And at the end of the day, you'll make your own decision. Mm. Yeah, you have this line in your book, uh, Parenting with Words of Grace. You say that parenting is an invitation. So I wonder, unpack that a little bit more for us. And then how does that fit into what we've been talking about with Christmas? So in parenting, what am I looking for? I'm looking for a relationship. That's what I really want. I want to have a connection with my kids if they want it. And I recognize it takes two people. And I think that gets lost in our minds. So you and I, at this point, we're, we're developing a relationship. And we're doing that primarily through words. I'm offering words. You're offering words back, understanding, clarification. And we're deciding, do we want more of this? And, and, and maybe we will, or maybe we won't, depending on, willing. <laughs> depending on how the words go. We forget that with our kids. Hmm. We forget that there is not a required 
love in them for us. That's from the Lord. They are to honor and respect us, but that's from the Lord. That's not from us. And so what we're trying to do as parents is communicate to them, it would be good for you to have a relationship with me. Hmm. It would be good because I love you and I care about you and I want the best for you. And that means sometimes I'm going to be a little stronger, sometimes going to be a little bit more patient, a little bit kinder. But all of the ways that I engage you, whether that's more in the discipline direction or more in the, um, the gentle, kind direction, it's all for your good. And my hope is that you will see that and you'll decide, man, I want more of that. Hmm. Do you think parents ever uh, perhaps take for granted that relationship? And, and we maybe, and what that looks like is we don't engage in the conversation that is necessary to build that? I do think we take it for granted. I think we expect it. Uh, after all, they don't really exist without us. And, and, mm, and, and yeah. we provide everything for them and we allow them to interrupt our lives. And so we think, well, this just makes sense. Give me something yeah. back. Of course you love me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and we forget uh, that they are their own individual persons. And we might try to manipulate them into a relationship or bribe them or threaten them if they're out of line. But none of that is the same as them freely offering their love back to us. Hmm. Uh, and in that respect, I think what we are doing is we're offering a connection with them in a very similar way, analogous way to how God offers us a connection with himself. And so we see what he's done throughout time in history. We see how he's engaged with people, even when they've turned their backs on him. And we look at that and we say, man, if that's who you really are, I do want a friendship with you, even if I don't fully understand you, even if there's things that you have done and said that I'm confused by, not always happy with, I see your heart and I want more of you. Hmm. And I just, I can't stop coming back to this idea that this invitation that we as parents are are trying to offer to our kids uh, to use the words that you use in the book, it's embedded in our conversations with them. And even um, uh, a while back, we were talking about young kids at Christmas, and uh, is even struck by how even at, at a young age, a pretty young age, where we we know they don't, they're not going to understand some things, they're not going to get the nuance that we might want to convey at some point. Nevertheless, there is perhaps maybe more room and more need for real conversation with our kids, really listening to them, really engaging with them, asking them questions to help them understand. I, I know for me, at least as a parent, uh, it can be tempting to sort of, I don't know, not, not go there with them when they're young. You kind of think they don't need that, or you think it's just inefficient. You kind of want them just to sort of do what you ask them to do. So you end up saying, just do it because I told you to do it. You know, I, I'm your dad. You need to listen to me. God says that. Instead of reasoning with them a little bit, um, do, do you think that's part of what we're called to do that maybe sometimes we forget? I, we forget and we live in a world that's very full. Uh, and, and so we, at some point we just want them to go to bed or we just mm -hmm. want them to finish their peas <laughs> uh, and, and, and to just give us a little bit of a break. And we that's where I was going back when you had asked earlier, what do I wish I had known as a younger parent, and that is that those are the moments when I'm communicating a lot to them. Let me just hang out there a moment. I'm thinking about when Jesus says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, every time you hear me talk, I'm telling you about me. Hmm. And I'm telling you about what I love and what I value. 
And in that telling, revealing of myself, I'm also telling you, here's where I think you fit into my world. You are here to make my life easy. I'm, I'm your father. Listen to me. You are here to make me feel needed. Oh, do you, is something not going well at school? Great. I'm all in. Apart from that, I kind of ignore you. You are here so that I can have a good reputation. Therefore, I will never ask you to forgive me because I can't afford to. And so out of what I value in my heart, that's what you're going to hear. Or you're going to hear, I will sacrifice for you gladly um, because I see that's what you need. Mm. Or I will take the time when I would prefer to watch my video to hear about what happened at school today. Or I will stop what I'm doing to, to say, huh, I don't know how to think about that with you, but let's, let's start wandering in a conversation together. And in that, I'm saying to you, you're not a cog that fits into my machine. You're a valued image of God, and I want you to know that. And the way that I let you know that is how I treat you with my words. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's so helpful. And, and I think encouraging uh, for us as parents to think about that's what we've been called to do uh, in our parenting. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you a question that uh, I'm sure everyone has been waiting on pins and needles to hear you speak to. And that has to do with the issue of Santa. Uh, how do you think about Santa? And um, what did you do with your kids? Did you, uh, uh, what path did you take when it comes to Santa? And then how do you navigate other families who might choose a different path as a parent? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so we took a page out of, uh, frankly, out of my mother's book. Uh, and she said, I, di I didn't want to lie to you guys. And I didn't want to communicate something to you that at some point in time I would have to say, yeah, that wasn't true and I knew it. And if you follow that logic just a little way down the road, you're telling them, if you were, I want to be gentle with our, some of the listeners who may have done this. If you're telling them about Santa and you're telling them about Jesus, and at some point you have to bring back and say, well, Santa's not real, I think you've undermined your credibility. Um, with what you've told them and communicated about Christ. Mm. So I don't think it's a great idea. I do think, however, that there's a, a very important place where you sit down with your kids, and you can do this with young kids and say, there are, you, you see the pictures of Santa everywhere. And so you can say, yeah, some people think that Santa brings toys, and they tell their kids that Santa brings toys. Mommy and Daddy are the ones who actually bring your toys and, and those come from us. <laughs> Give us the credit, please. Yeah, there is no Santa. But <laughs> some people believe that. And out of love and respect to them, you don't need to tell them what you know. And you're not hiding things from your friends, but you're not going to out them. Again, I'm, I'm struggling with language here. You don't want to be the cause for why they now have a problem with their parents. Mm -hmm. So out of love for your friends, you, this is not something you need to talk with them, with them about. So, so uh, what, what about just enjoying Santa as part of the part of the holiday? You know, we, It's kind of a, a make-believe fun part of the holiday, or better yet, even as a historical, a figure with historical roots that we could talk about. Is that something that you guys did with your kids, even if you didn't tell them that he was real? Yeah. Uh, the, the fun part of Santa, we just sort of dodged, to be very frank. Mm. Um, 
I think we had one or two conversations about the historical uh, person and where that came from. Um, I think that there's more wisdom there. Hmm. Well, Bill, thank you for yeah, helping us as parents to think about this holiday, this important time of the year, and our kids and helping to shape our kids uh, around the truth of the gospel. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time. It was great. Thanks, man. That was William Smith on being intentional with your kids this Christmas. For more, be sure to check out his book with Crossway, Parenting with Words of Grace, Building Relationships with Your Children, One Conversation at a Time. Pick up your copy of the book for 30% off directly from Crossway by visiting crossway.org plus. That's crossway.org plus. For more interviews like this, subscribe to the Crossway Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, leave us a review. That helps us spread the word about the show. Crossway is a not-for-profit Christian ministry that exists solely for the purpose of proclaiming the truth of God's word through publishing gospel-centered content. Visit us today at crossway.org. Merry Christmas.